Good day to you. We are reading in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. We are reading, we are ready to read anyway, chapter 28. Now, um, this is where, at the end of chapter 27, um, Paul and everyone on the ship had, uh, they had finally run the ship aground like they were supposed to, and they had gotten off the ship, and they had gotten to land this island, okay? Now we're going to find out what the island is right here in the first of chapter 28. Now, this is Luke. Luke is with Paul at this point in time, okay? So after we were brought safely, because Luke is the author of Acts, that's why I mentioned that so you understand. After we were brought safely through, we then learned that the island was called Malta. The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had begun to rain and was cold. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out, and because of the heat... No, let me say this again. I did not read that well. I apologize. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. So they thought this was just, you know, like karma. Like we, we you know, people talk about karma, you know, kind of like, oh, well, that's the way of things, you know. Um, what comes around goes around, or, you know, you get your just desserts in the end. And it's it's kind of meant in a almost... Almost in a uh, hokey, hocus pocus type of way, or in a humanistic type of way. But if you look back, I think the principle is kindly, kind of based on um, God's word, whether they realize it or not. Because you know, you you reap what you sow. You know, we reap what we sow. So if we had sowed bad deeds, we would end in a bad way. Is is their thought? And and so that does have some principle in God's word, okay? But, um, and that's just me, I just, I believe that whole idea really came from God and that just over the years, over the centuries, it just got distorted and people just, you know, now, and they call it karma or whatever. But I think it's all, um, really, the idea really came from God and it just got distorted, like I say, over the centuries. So anyway, that's just my belief. It's okay. It's not a big deal. I think there are a lot of things like that where God had told the folks way back at the beginning, you know, all these things, you know, in his dealings with Abraham and all these people. And I think some of those lessons and some of those things just got distorted over time through the centuries in their dealings with other people that, you know, wandered off into other nations and stuff. So anyway, we will um, we will move on and not talk about my my thoughts on some of that. That's just what I believe. So, um, so anyway, so they expected him to die. They thought this was justice for him, that he had done something wrong. And, um, this is, this was their belief. This is their primitive, um, oh, I can't think of the right word. Kind of a, again, kind of like a karma thing, which we get from, is that from like Hindu, something like that? The, the idea of karma? Uh, nonetheless, so they, they thought he was receiving his just desserts, 
He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. Now, you know, they were expecting this, which you would if you saw somebody bitten by something that you know kills. That's what you would expect. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Okay, so first of all, they're like, he's the scum of the earth, he's a murderer, he's going to die, he deserves it, and then, because none of that happens, then they turn around and he's a god. Oh, he must be a god. It, it kind of boggles your mind in a way, but from a primitive standpoint, in what they would know and what they would not know, I mean, it kind of, I guess it kind of makes sense in a, like I say, in a weird way. Um... So anyway, so they swung the pendulum from one end to the other, and I guess we do that at times too, because we, you know, we, uh, if you look at how we treat, uh, we look at how you treat famous people. Sometimes, you know, the pendulum swings and it's like, oh, they're everybody's darling, they're everybody's favorite, and everybody likes that, that famous person for whatever reason. And it can be a political person, it can be like a, a star person, it could be an athlete, but then let something go wrong or let something, you know, and the pendulum swings and then everybody hates them and everybody's on their case. But then let them do something nice and right or let something supposedly good happen and nope, it swings back the other way. So, I mean, I, I can see how we we are guilty of this type of thing too, even today, though we, we may not make them a god. Um, anyway, so now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius. Is it Publius or is it Poop? I think it's Publius. We're going to go with Publius. Who received us and entertained us hospitably for three days. So Publius received them and entertained them for three days. Okay. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul visited him and prayed and putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured. They also honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. Okay, so that's a very short synopsis, but obviously somehow they got passage, and they were getting ready to sail on, and these people gave them whatever they needed, because they were thankful you know, for them healing them and curing, you know, curing their diseases and their sicknesses. So, okay, so that's great. Now, um, with a name like Publius, it makes me think that this was still part of the Roman world, though I suppose I could be wrong. Um, I don't remember where Malta is, even though I have heard of that island. All right, so let's move on. Geography, maybe not my best strong suit. I know a lot of general geology i mean geography geology <laughs> but geography but when you get um you get into some things there's going to be some things of course i don't know all right so we're going to move on um, after three months we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island a ship of alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead now Okay, so they were on Malta three months, and they set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island. So see, they waited through the season. A ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead. Now the twin gods, I'm going to assume 
that is um, Castor and Pollux. Oh yeah, okay, and that's what my note says. That is the Greek gods Castor and Pollux, who were the twin gods. So I guess I, I probably a lot of ships, you know, um, had certain um, had certain figureheads so that they would hopefully make their way safely. You know, probably probably did that a lot. I'm sure. Okay, so anyway. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Pacioli. We're going to go with Pacioli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And so we came to Rome. Okay, so, and, and just simple. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. Okay, so, and the brothers there, so the Roman Christians, on seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. Okay. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier that guarded him. So, he wasn't really imprisoned, but he was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier that guarded him. So, it uh, sounds like maybe he had a he had some place that he could stay. Now, I don't know where that was. Right here, we'll read on and see. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews, and when they had gathered, he said to them, Brothers, Though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. His only charge is that they wrongfully charged him. That would be his only charge that I, I can think of. But anyway, um, but he's explaining to them what happened. And see, he says himself, but because the Jews objected. See, Festus was not totally honest with Agrippa, I don't think. Because Agrippa did not seem to be aware that that the Jews objected and were planning to kill Paul. Now, I know I'm going back a few chapters. Stay with me. You know, hopefully you've been along for this little journey. So, okay. So, anyway. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you, since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, We have received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that every word it is spoken against. Okay. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. Okay. So, here's how it is. That is not stated the best <laughs> for some, whether that be due to translation or whatever. But the idea is, they want to hear from Paul. They want to know what his views are, because Christians are being spoken against everywhere. 
they're hearing bad things about Christians everywhere. And notice these are the Jews, okay? He says, it says there at the beginning, after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. So these are the Jewish leaders in the local Roman area in Rome. Um, and they want to know about this. They want to know about the Christians, the sect of Christians. And uh, they're telling him that, uh, you know, that, that is being spoken against. Everywhere it is spoken against. So, all right. So I want to make that clear, that because uh, I think that'll be uh, important for us to understand. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear but never understand, and you will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. And we have seen this quote quite a few times, and this is from Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. So after this, they were, it sounds like, as usual, some of them were offended, and uh, they departed. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. Now, let's see. And Okay, and I have a note here that, okay, so in verse 29 in the English Standard Version has been moved to like a footnote. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, having much dispute among themselves. So, there you go. I mean, at that, you know, it says above that they departed after Paul had made one statement. He shows you the statement and says, Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, having much dispute among themselves. So, at that point, they were, you know, he had convinced some to believe, and some did not believe. And I guess that's, unfortunately, I guess that's the way it always is. Um, in every crowd, with every, with every group, not just the Jews, in a way, when you read through the Bible, in a way, you can think of the Jews as being any representative group of us in the things that they do, in, in the things that uh, we all make mistakes, we all are... Are uh, well, I was uh, shouldn't maybe I should. Well, yeah, I think I believe we all are trying to serve God. We are trying to live a good life, a good, honorable life. Now, I'm not saying necessarily everybody in the world, but I'm saying those of us who acknowledge God, we're trying, but we get things wrong, and we need to have the main lesson I, I think I get from the Jews always is that we need to have. You know, an open heart and an open mind. We need to be able to read and learn from the Word of God without 
having predisposed notions without having um, these traditions and these uh, pre, well I say predisposed I mean you know without having these preconceived ideas these things that are already set in stone we have to be willing sometimes to look at the things we've been taught our whole life and realize that was wrong that was wrong I don't have a good example of that but let's you know but there have been things that um, I believed and then when I was actually reading because I heard people say it, you know, and then you read and you understand for yourself and you're like, oh, that was wrong. That was not correct. Um, anyway, just saying. Um, I'm sure you've had things like that in your life. Most people do if we're willing to read for ourselves and learn. Um, and it helps to listen to others. I know I like to listen to a variety of people and uh, and hear different uh, different ideas so that I can you know, understand more, and sometimes so I can understand why people have it wrong or why people have misunderstood something. Anyway, so um, he lived there two whole years at his own expense, and that, that means he, like, rented or, um, uh, they okay, they mentioned here, or in his own hired dwelling, which sounds like he rented a place. Um, and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So he lived there two years and and spoke and taught as much as he could. And that, that is the end of Acts. That is the end of the Acts of the Apostles. That is how Luke ends that. And, um, Paul, Paul's, um, for, for our purposes, Paul's um, journey to Rome, this gets him to Rome, where um, I, I should look up the historical, you know, uh, facts, find out what we can find out about what occurred after this point, but this is where the book of Acts ends, okay? So next, we will read the epistle. Uh, the letter of Paul to the Romans. Okay, so that will be our next thing. So I hope, I hope this has been helpful to you when I look at this and I see that there's, there's so many lessons even through Acts um, if we take those and apply them to us. I'm not always the best. I know I don't always do the best job. Um, and I was not trying to ever say that I was the best or that I would be, <laughs> would do the best job. But um, it's been very helpful for me, and I hope it is helpful for you also to read these, uh, to read the scriptures and look at, you know, look at all that and see what we can apply to us today and see how we can see how people back then were still similar to us and how a lot of these, um, how, well, really, you know, how God's word still applies to us, not just some of this, but I mean, how God's word still applies to us today. That's it's that's the important thing, is to learn how we should be and how it applies to us. All right. So one thing I want to make a note of before I before I leave here, because this is where we're ending the book of Acts. Notice that Paul was very trustworthy, and they knew he was trustworthy, and people let him. I mean, they let him rent a place and and live here. And he had a guard that guarded him, but that was it. He just had like one dude. That's from, um, let me look back here. 
because they said he had a guard. Let me see that again. Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier that guarded him. So he was very trustworthy. They knew he was trustworthy. And you know, when you have that kind of... Uh, oh, I can't think of the right word now. When people know that about you, when you have that kind of... Wow, I just can't think of the word. But nonetheless, it's okay. Um, when they know you're that trustworthy, they know you're that honest, they know that you know, you're a Christian, you're not going to do something incorrect, that, that says a lot about you. When they know they can trust you to basically wait for your trial in a trustworthy manner, renting your own place with a guard. I mean, that, that says quite a, quite a bit of good about you. And so Paul had uh, built up a good reputation. There you go. Um, he had built up a very good reputation as an honest and reliable and trustworthy source. So, um, and we can do that through through the Lord ourselves. It's it's not easy. It's not always uh, it's not always easy. But uh, he went through a lot of trials also, and uh, we can do that too. We can go through our trials and and still be trustworthy. So, um, all right. So, thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Be, uh, be kind to each other out there. And remember, God loves you. <laughs>